This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week, Justin Davis, Scoop. Jared Petty, Scoop. Sam Claiborne. Three scoops. We've got a great show for you this week. We're going to be talking about underrated games and what, what, does, that, what does that mean exactly when yeah, we what call does that mean? a game underrated? We'll, we'll find out later. They should all get tens, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> we're also going to be talking about why some people still think of gaming as a childish hobby, something inappropriate for adults to do. But first, Fallout 4 is a video game that has been out for a few months now. You know what I think that game needs, Damon? What's that? More content. (laughs) More settlements? It needs more stuff to do. Well, the game's been out for several months, and they've been Specifically more settlement management. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) please. They've been selling the season pass for several months, but we just this week finally found out what that season pass gets you. Or some of what that season pass gets you. Some of what that season pass will get you. Like a quarter of it, basically, right? Yeah, well, yeah. We, don't, yeah we don't know exactly don't know how much more let's is just, coming. Let's yet. just yeah. get, let's $20 just read more. the news first. <laughs> $20 <laughs> more is coming. Uh, we know now about the first three add-ons. Uh, yeah. The first one is called Automatron. Uh, this involves a, a mysterious mechanist who unleashes a horde of evil robots into the Commonwealth. Love okay. it. Uh, you have to hunt them down, create your own robots. You can choose from hundreds of mods. That piece is $10 uh, a la carte. Automatron and Mechanist both sound like Magic the Gathering cards. They yeah. do. They do, for sure. Automatron is a Magic the Gathering card. Then there's a smaller piece coming in April Don't you called... think it's Automaton? No, uh, but that's the... We don't need to get into it now. <laughs> Suffice it to say. Capture mana. In April, the Wasteland Workshop uh, allows you to set traps for inhabitants from Raiders to Deathclaws. Then you can tame the creatures you capture, have them face off against each other. Okay. That's five bucks. We already did that in IGN Arena. I know. 
Then the that big, what it's called? I can't it's the biggest that. piece of content we know of is called uh, Far Harbor. Yeah, that's coming. I guess they haven't even given a. That's, that's coming May. in May. That's May. I, I think it's pronounced Far Harbor. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's a new case from Valentine's Detective Agency. Uh, this will. Be, Bethesda says it's the largest landmass for an add-on they've ever created. So that's Rocks insane because what was the uh, what was the big Skyrim DLC, the big one, where you went to the island? Dragon something or other. Um, Dragonstone. Like the, no, no, it was. I, uh, I remember those. Yeah. I mean, well, it was the final one that came out, the big yeah, expansion, the big island, and that landmass was gigantic. Yeah. And so for this to be bigger than that is really plus, plus it's off the coast of Maine, which we all know doesn't have giant landmasses. Or Massachusetts, or is it Maine? It's, it's in Maine. Maine. Yeah, but there's also Maine? no wow. rad scorpions oh, in Maine. So maybe it's Iceland. Yeah. It's technically off the coast of Maine. New quests, new settlements, but also new creatures in dungeons. Can you help Chief Brody hunt like a giant shark? That'd be awesome. I don't know. We, uh, most people, the, cons some draws the consensus on the internet is that, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people sort of flippantly saying, okay, two junk DLCs and then one that's worthwhile. Mm -hmm. um, and it's true that the third one's the big one, but that small $5 one, like, the game doesn't need a bigger landmass, in my opinion. Like, I'm, I'm excited about it. I want to check it out. And, you know, new settlements, new quests, new that. But, like, that's more of what Fallout already is. The style of DLC that I like is the kind that sort of adds content to the game in a parallel way. Okay. And lets you experience content that already exists in a new way. Like, setting traps that seems really, really cool. New strategies for taking down bosses. You know, new ways to. I think you can taxidermy the the things. Yeah, that the you, things that you find, you can. Absolutely. And then that's new ways. Like it takes the content that's already there and lets you experience it. You know, come at it from a new sort of sideways direction. To me, that's more exciting than new. You know, new quests. The idea that added Nixie tubes. Uh, no, I did not see that. Do you know what Nixie tubes are? I don't. They're uh, really cool vacuum tubes that have numbers in them. Yeah. So it's like you can. It's old digital display, basically. It's analog display. Oh. So it has like one. The numbers, the digits zero through nine in it. And it can display like side by side eleven, but it's all within like a, a, a tube, like a like, looks in, like a light bulb. In Tomorrowland, and like George Clooney's crazy like little cave, he has. I didn't one of see those. that movie, but yeah. that, that, how was that movie? Uh, I kind of liked it. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see that movie. I didn't. I think you're the only person I know that did see that. Movie. Yeah, I saw it, and I kind of liked it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's goofy, but it's it's got it's neat. I liked it. It's it's worth your time. Uh, anyway, uh, anyway, so that's what we know is coming uh, for Fallout Four is downloadable content. What I think is interesting is that even though the season pass has been available for sale since Fallout 4 has been for available for 30 sale, bucks, 30 bucks, right? they're raising the price mm -hmm. of the season pass. They're almost doubling it to $50 beginning March 1st. Yeah, and I thought about this. I don't have a huge problem with the price raise. I mean, it's kind of like when you buy tickets to a con. If you buy them by a certain date, they're one price. And if you buy them after that date, they're another price. Okay, that's fine by me. You still got a chance to buy it at the price they originally put it. Um, I mean, I'm surprised at the backlash. Like, I'm actually not the world's biggest Fallout 4 fan. I kind of got a little bit bored with it and moved on to other games. But I agree. I'm surprised that people are upset. To me, in no way is this bad news. Like, <clears throat> if you bought it for 30 bucks, you're going to get double what you were promised. And you still can buy it for thirty bucks. Like you still have. They That's did. Great. They no, did the no. good guy thing and gave people a window of time and said, "Yo, look, the price but is going up." But they still didn't announce everything coming out maybe for any of the prices. Exactly. That's yeah. Maybe still, that's why. That's still what, what I would be upset yeah. about. But so even at the original $30, it was of dubious value mm -hmm. because Bethesda was not telling people what they were buying. But, so now there is, uh, how much, there's $40 worth of DLC announced that you can buy for $30 plus some yeah. future unannounced DLC. <clears throat> yeah, I think, that, I think that is the issue. The, the core of the thing is we, we're selling you a season pass without telling you what's going to be in it and just trust us, guys. And you know, with Bethesda, there's a point to which I'm willing to do that. But I don't 
pre-purchase much of anything. Sure. So this yeah. this this isn't really an issue that's aimed at me. Now I'm just like, ooh, more good stuff coming. Yeah. And I, I'm not rolling in dough or anything, but I'm not going to worry too much about the difference in price on this. I'm just going to wait till the content's out and buy the pieces I want. Well, like, so here's here's the sort of conundrum that I'd like you guys to help me solve. Okay. Wow, Let's work it out. The way that I play uh, Elder Scrolls games, or the way that I play Bethesda games rather, is I play through them when they launch on a console, and then later when a game of the year ultimate, like they're done, they're finished with DLC, everything's complete, I play it again on PC Ooh. and play that mm. complete version. I do everything. Yeah, I like those complete versions. And so now the choice that I have to make is uh, do I lock in that $30 price now mm -hmm. to get the DLC or do I just wait, you know, potentially up to another 12 to 24 months for some game of the year edition and buy that? There are so many good games, Justin, and you're not a guy that gets bored easily. You're always you're good at finding things to, to fill those gaps. I like Dwarf Fortress. Exactly. So I'd say just wait. There's no reason for you to jump, jump into this. I think Fallout 4... Money. Well, it's a superb game. Wait for the Game of the Year edition when it comes back down and buy it then. Mm. You know, okay. just take your time. It's a wonderful game. I know you'll eventually get to it. Go play some more Dwarf Fortress. You have to go back to play it because you host a Fallout podcast. I do. That's on yeah. hiatus, but we're going to start back up as soon as the uh, DLC comes back yeah. out. Yeah. All right, here's what I wonder. I wonder if uh, Bethesda's move to announce that they're going to raise the price of the season pass, but also let people know they still have time to buy it at the current price, is because they didn't sell the amount of season passes they're expecting, and this is uh, an attempt to boost sales. A, That's, a stern threat? Yeah, yes. <laughs> That's one possibility. The other is maybe they sold more copies of Fallout than they expected to, and they're like, wow, we've got an even bigger market. We can make more money on DLC. And, and throw, that's another way yeah. it could be. I, I, I mean, I, I'm completely sensitive to people that don't want to plunk down money when they don't understand what they're buying. And I, you know, in the case of the Batman season pass, I thought that that was pretty, you know, scummy. But in this instance, based on what they've already announced and knowing that more is coming, like, it feels like a, it's going to be a solid value for $30. Like, when the dust settles, I don't think people are going to say, well, that wasn't worth 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. Like, it feels like the Big Island alone, if it's truly the size, like, bigger than that big Skyrim expansion, like, you know, that alone could easily be worth upwards of 30 bucks. I'm worried, though, because in Fallout 3, it was like, we're, we're going to go to space. And they're like, we're going to go to Alaska and yeah. see what happened there. And this is like, we're going to go to another Boston-y place off the yeah. coast. That's true. I don't uh, care about that. I did give you credit for that, and I will say, I, but the flip side is I think Bethesda's gotten better at DLC as time has mm. passed. It was, like, very, very shaky in uh, Oblivion. a lot of uh, DLC techniques. It improved in Fallout 3, and then it got even better in Skyrim. Um, yeah. So... We'll New Vegas did not have a really good DLC. I didn't play well, the rest of it. But to be fair, that wasn't Bethesda. Like, yeah. But I'm very excited about going yeah, off to true. a different place. I mean, I, I, I look at it differently, Sam. I, I'm not so worried. I, I have a feeling there will be something there worth finding. Uh, maybe I'm putting too much faith in them. Yeah, but there always is. Yeah, I think I'll just be like, oh, cool island. I you promise know? you that you're going to be on this island on your own, and uh, Preston Garvey is still going <laughs> to come <laughs> popping up out of some bush. Hey, that guy. Hey, I got a settlement for you. Yeah, somebody sent me a, a video. I, I watched it without the sound on, but it was from a meme at a con where like these two guys are talking and they're just talking and Preston Garvey runs out of the background and yeah. mm -hmm. sticks yeah. his head between them and then runs off. It's, it's great. Yeah. Uh, Alright, moving on. This is an email from Toast in Gainesville, Florida. What's up, Toast? He emailed us at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com, just like you can. And he says, Fire Emblem Fates comes out this weekend and I could not be more excited. Sam's playing it. Yeah, I love it. Me too. I need to play some of it. But you weren't just crazy about it, I heard. Well, I like okay. it. takes a long time to get into. Yeah. Toast says, I love okay. the Fire Emblem series. I've been playing it since the Sacred Stones on GBA. However, I've always considered the Fire Emblem series an underrated game 
considering most of my friends who own or have owned mm. Nintendo consoles have never played a Fire Emblem game. After doing some reading, I noticed that the only Fire Emblem game to break a million in sales was Awakening for 3DS. In my opinion, the Fire Emblem series is a franchise that deserves more credit and attention. What are some game series, AAA or otherwise, that deserve more attention than they get? Now, first of all, what do you guys think about the term underrated? Because to me, that would, be, that would sound like a game that's not rated as highly as it should be, yeah. meaning review scores. Yeah, Fire Emblem uh, games as are opposed to obscure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just yeah. unknown. Or games that are rated well but don't sell yeah. well. Yeah, I think he's discussing more like a community, the TV series situation. Critically beloved, yeah, so not particularly commercially successful. What's the word for that? Um, Unknown or, uh, or overlooked. Overlooked. Overlooked, overlooked yeah, is pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So. But so, yeah, I mean that's that's sort of the issue with any underrated game discussion is that then you get bogged down. You, you end up talking more about you parsing what underrated means, like, mm. oh well, it got good scores, but not as good as it should have gotten. Mm. Or like, here's a game that's a seven out of ten, that but the reviews were a four out of ten, and it's still not great, but it didn't deserve to yeah. get panned as badly as it did. Also, sales into it too, and when, people focus more on that. Judge a game. Yeah, and they focus more on that than they do the actual quality of the game. Yeah, when Wind Waker came out, uh, it was. I think underrated in the critical sense in some places. Yeah. People were it, griping about this game. Hmm. Uh, that has changed. That narrative has changed over time, and people yeah. realize this game was amazing. But it, it was probably underrated in a critical sense, even though it was commercially successful. People finally came to their senses. Yeah, exactly. Um, and well, likewise, there's been a kind of a retcon of something like Twilight Princess, which received wonderful reviews, and now everybody's Twilight Princess is so good. Yeah. Those people are wrong. Um, uh, we uh, well, I'm actually not sure that Wind Waker was too. I mean, it was commercially successful in the sense that it's a Zelda game, but I don't, yeah. I mean, I feel like it, they well, immediately it's, it's, swung back around to realistic Zelda. Like, and it's because yeah. the GameCube audience wasn't as large as, yeah. as mm. for previous Nintendo 20, consoles, right? 22 million units sold, I think, for the GameCube. So Fire Emblem yeah. specifically, like, that game just wasn't, like, it wasn't a localized series until after we kind of, you know, got the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Like well, that's that's a long time to wait. Yeah. It was out on yeah. NES. Yeah, that's true. So you got to think every other Nintendo series is like building fans and cred for you know Except a decade for, and a half mm-hmm. for that one. Advance Wars. Well, yeah. yeah. And I will say Fire Emblem is a good franchise, but it's no Advance Wars. I well, okay, I like them both, but yeah, I'd probably give it a slight. No, I'm just trolling with that. <laughs> it is a turn-based. It is, true, it is a turn-based strategy game. Yep. Which not is for it, everybody. Is it not for everyone? It's not the most popular genre. Uh, you know, people don't always have the patience mm-hmm. to wait for the computer to take their turn. They don't, uh, it takes a lot of forethought and planning to not yeah. lose your There's your a units. steep learning curve yeah. for games like Fire Emblem, so. so they're not immediately accessible, which is like kind of what we all love about Nintendo. Oh. Couch games, immediately accessible, yeah. hard to master. Yeah. Like, it's only one of those things. It's just hard to master. I mean, Fire Emblem is not, it might be the most, well, I guess I need to think about it. I don't want to say it definitively. It's one of the most hardcore franchises hardcore. that Nintendo makes. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm playing that game. Well, first of all, <laughs> what trips me up about the new one is that it says you, the difficulties are normal, hard, or like super hard. Insane. And is that what it's called? And like, I was gonna do normal, but then it says it's for beginners. Yeah, yeah. it's like, well, I'm not a beginner. And like, I'm not a beginner, but I don't know that I, I got, really want to. I thought that was strange too. Mm-hmm. And so I started playing on hard, and that game's not effing around. Like, I'm not a okay. scrub at strategy games, and I've I've S ranked every you know Advance Wars yeah. map, and like hard. That was probably will, a poor description. Yeah, hard will yeah. totally I mean, kick your it, butt. Is it harder than Awakening was? Well, I mean, on hard, it's as hard as Awakening, but we all played Awakening on normal. I also, <laughs> I also think, I mean, in my memory, like I don't, I don't have like a direct one-to-one comparison. I'm struggling more with this than I was with Awakening. And I'm not because I'm playing it on normal. Like, yeah, I might need totally, to. Totally, it, it feels the same. Like I'm getting my characters killed and resetting my system a lot. Yeah. 
which you don't have to do anymore if you choose another way. You can just choose not to let that happen. Do oh. Does normal have permadeath? They all do if you want it to. You have two options, okay. difficulty and permadeath. Oh, and you okay. get to choose. <coughs> and you have a third option of what, what campaign you play. Fire Emblem's the, not the Fire Emblem without mm-hmm. the permadeath on. Yeah. Well, all it does is just make you reset it, and the other version you don't have to reset. It. Yeah, that's, I say that's like playing mail order monsters yeah, with, 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 with permadeath, and then popping your disc out of the Commodore no before your character dies. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I know what monster in my pocket. It's is. rebooting something. It, it's rebooting a game so that you can save your your creature from or your beloved character sure. from an yeah. eminent demise. But what what are some examples of uh, overlooked games? Oh, there we go. This is a fun one. That's uh, like all we talk about in the office. Oh man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. It's uh, all the games that we like. Okay, yeah. uh, the Guardian Legend. Uh, it, it wonderful. You're gonna do a list. For, oh, absolutely. Uh, Guardian Guy That's an NES for, game. for NES. Yeah, Guardian Legend for NES. He was only um, bringing that up because we talked about the music the other day, oh, and he case. made me watch videos of it. And that game does look interesting. I think, it's a, uh, again, yeah. I think it's on. It's available on Steam, and it was on mobile. I think they pulled it off the Guardian App Store. Guardian Legend. Uh, Guardian Legend. No, uh, Space Chem. I think is probably Space Chem. Space Chem. C H E M. Uh, I haven't uh, played that. It's probably the most brilliant puzzle game I've ever played, ever, in my Ooh, life. Wow. Um, it you is, just said that about The Witness. Well, it's, it's way up there. They're both some of my favorite games ever made, um, although they couldn't be more different. The crazy thing about Space Kim is that it's a puzzle. Each level is a puzzle, but instead of figuring out what the solution to the puzzle is, you have to invent the solution to the puzzle. <laughs> Whoa! So it's chemistry. It's, there's no actual chemistry involved in the game, but it's chemistry themed. So mm-hmm. it gives you, you know, these molecules, and you have to turn them into these molecules. <laughs> You're not telling me on this game. <laughs> it sounds like the Gabriel Knight mustache puzzle. No, but this <laughs> is a space chem. What's it's the, really, really what's cool. The male chimp, the guy you like the best. Uh, use a male chimp. <laughs> use a male. I use like a space. Chem. No, I like him more than the male chimp girl. What's this this, this, it's, uh, a Steam, it's a PC game. A PC game. Um, okay. And so that's what makes it so brilliant is there's not one solution to a puzzle. You just have to use, you know, the little tools and widgets to either combine or break apart these molecules when, in different ways. And you like build up the solution well, to the puzzle fun. in stages. When was this game released? Uh, 2011, maybe 12. So we got, we got uh, Space Game and Guardian Legend. Uh, I like the uh, Twinkle, Twinkle Star Sprites. Have you ever played that? No, I think one? you made that one Twi- up. No, Twinkle Star Sprites is fantastic. That's a that's a two-player competitive <laughs> what, shooter. What have I done? <laughs> oh, it's, no, it's it's such a neat idea. Like Three hours later. It's one of those like <laughs> vertical scrolling shooters, but it does the thing where you're playing Tetris against your enemy, where you like screw up their side of the screen when you do good. Mm. So you're playing a shooter, well. and then as you're competing with the other person by dumping crap on their side of the screen by doing good things on your side, and vice versa. But instead of being a puzzle game that does that, it's a, it's a really cool reactive uh, vertical scrolling shooter. That's mm. a wonderful game uh, that, that's often overlooked. That's a fin- All the Monster World games, I think, th- those are great games. Wow. I, this One, is Wonder happening. Boy and Monster World? Uh, yeah, and, and this, like Monster World 4 and some of the, the things that came out of that series. Again, these are all things we just talked about last week. So, Thoroughly. Uh, all of these? The are these all ones yeah, we remember about? we had Monster World? We didn't talk about Twinkle Star Sprites, did we? No, I never heard of that game. Yeah, I still oh, think you made right. that one. No, that's a great one. Uh, Waku Waku 8. Um, <laughs> that's a really good one. That's this awesome It's game. up to you to, to <laughs> guess which song. games that Jared's the, making up right now. <laughs> these are all real. Okay. Yeah, I know, but like the topic isn't really name the most obscure good game you can. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I got very excited. <laughs> now I'm enjoying this. <laughs> What's, what, what does Sam think an overlooked game is? And over, oh man, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, there, there's, there's, I, 
I'm just, I'm just happy listening to Jared talk a lot. <laughs> I'm what so was sorry, the, guys. What was the game that we gave a three to that everyone on the internet loves? Well, that's that's oh, a different uh, topic. Deadly Premonition. Well, yeah. Oh, well, that's not even or the one I was God Hand. Action game. Yeah, yeah, God Hand. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, there's that one too. <laughs> yeah, I'm not supporting those games. I'm we just get saying. savaged for our God Hand review. Yeah, mm-hmm. we do. The Deadly Premonition deserved the three, but is also awesome. Like, I got, both I got, of those things are true. Remember Odama? Uh, I do remember Odama. I liked Odama. I liked Odama. The, the microphone? And yeah. the, the, I feel yeah. like this is the second pinball, time Odama has come up on Game A pinball Street. microphone army <laughs> management game. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a fun look. game. I played a lot of Odama. I can't I mean, believe I was dating my girlfriend at the time, and I can't believe she stuck with me when I when she saw me playing that yeah. game. I mean, um, as you guys oh. know, there's like a whole... I, I go to, you know, arcades full of games people have forgotten. Yeah. I can name 350 upright arcade machines. Like, it's too yeah. wide of a topic. Image, so, image fights, everything's great. Image everything fights, wonderful. wonderful. Image, no, not everything. But the image dope arcade game is that. the Alien Brawler, the 2D. That is player. really Star good. Brawler. <laughs> you are so right. It is That's good. like No, but it was really, really late. It was Capcom, right? Uh, I think Capcom made it. It was yes. really, really late. Like, it was one of the final sort of in that yeah. arcade area, like the very yeah. tail end of when people were making those 2D brawlers. And so is it, like... just Alien or is it Alien vs. Predator? I think, I think it's just, no, it's just Alien. alien. It's just and it alien. brought, like, all their skill to bear with all these interesting playable characters mm. and uh, interesting combos. And, and it's so uh, What we should do it's is gorgeous. revisit this topic with restrictions on it. Yeah. I Era realize, or console yeah. or, like, contemporary games. Or just give me 90 minutes. That'll work, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Or just start a spin-off show. Okay. And I'm sorry, to, is it Toast? Toast. I'm sorry, to, to, we, had, we had a discussion, didn't give you guys any game okay. suggestions to go play, but it's, it's we, What are you us. talking about? We just gave so many Walk, walk, walk Don't go play Odama. Don't do it. Don't I like Odama. Everyone should play Space Cam, though. I, well, yeah, that's a good one. I was going to suggest maybe the Disguise series. Oh, that's a great Another turn-based strategy series. Yeah. Very highly rated, but I don't think a lot of people play those, mm. those games. I those thought are some about, of my favorite games. I thought about getting Disgaea 5. I was, this is how I've become the gamer that like, is a problem for, like, is NIS still making mm. those games? Or, like, yeah. I'm like, I was surprised it was 60 bucks. Yeah. Ooh, and like yeah. I know it's like a full price like I know it's like a legit I mean, full like game. A ton well, of content I guess. No, 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 no. I'm not knocking I'm just saying like to me I'm just I, my expectation is a game like that's like forty bucks, even though wow. that's not necessarily. So, fair. so that's a good topic we should visit sometime is like school me on like series I've never played. Like what's mm. the first game to play in that? Because I was just asking about uh, Harvest Moon. Like I have no idea where to start. Harvest I've always wanted Harvest to play Moon. a Harvest Friends Moon. Friends of Mineral Town. Yeah, I think Justin's right about Friends of Mineral Town. That's totally. a good one. School yeah. me in yeah, school, yeah, exactly. yeah. school me in Street yeah. Fighter. Yeah. Where, to, where, where to start? Like, is it, yeah. well, the question is, is it safe to start with the newest one? Like, does Gaia 5's out? Is it safe to start here? Is there some reason, either gameplay or story, that you need to jump back? And so play? which is Gaia? No, it's a lot of fun. You yeah. either need to start with one or five. The five, yeah. five is probably that. Oh, okay. you can play. The, yeah. It's you, it'd be harder to find a really good version of one. I think. Well, yeah. and the other thing is, if That's you go, a problem, if right? you go back it's to one, accessible. if you go back to one, you're basically committed to playing all of them. And then there's a few like three is kind of crap. So it's like, well, I mean, crap is in quotes. It's I mean, still it's like far, a it's totally the worst good. One. Yeah, but it's like for for a great series, it's like the worst one is good. Yeah. Anyway. Moving on, our next email comes from Joe from Swansea in the UK. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm pronouncing that right. Swansea. Yeah, sure. He says he's American, but his wife is Welsh. Oh, cool. He says, I'm sitting on my iPad at 23.35 my time. Normally, I'm laying down watching GameScoop and playing one Zelda game or the other. Insomnia is a bitch. Oh. I decided to write for the first time to ask if there is that one game franchise that you have to play every night or even once a week. I play a variety of games, but always go back to a Zelda game to close out the night. Hmm. Thought this would give us viewers an insight That's into interesting. professional gaming news oh, wow. mind. 
That guy plays a Zelda game every night, Joe? Yeah, that's cool. That is I mean, cool. So the, the immediate thing for me is that I, I manage a lot of editors here. I don't want them to play one game all the time. Like, they should be, you know, going out yeah. there and playing millions of games. And professionally, my taste has always been like, listen, I'm playing this game too much. Right? I've always had to make that decision for myself. Like, I have to play these other games because we always have this pressure to vote on Game of the Year I mean, or to yeah. think there's about definitely an to element of, like, if there's So an we're editor, different than other people. If there's an yeah. editor in this office that's playing a thousand hours of Dota a year, that's kind of making them a worse... Like, when they come into their day job, they're not as good at it as someone that is playing, you know, spending a thousand hours playing. Yeah, so we all have to strike a balance with the You just broke Mitch's heart. No, Mitch I mean, I didn't name anybody by name, but sure, feel free. But that's the thing. Like, like you, you can play... Everybody here has compulsions to play games for a long time. A lot of them play MMOs or, or MOBAs, and they also have to balance that with playing the latest games that are on their beat to cover. And it's just a thing. Yeah, yeah I got a bad habit Destiny of... Destiny is another thing, right? Everybody here plays Destiny for endless hours. Well, not, but not everyone. No, I'm just like saying, on our staff, that's one of the addictive games that people play, yeah. Yeah. and they have to stop playing that sometimes to do all sorts of things. Although we also yeah. do have a Destiny show. A well-rounded well, we editor. We, we yeah. do. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, don't, I don't finish a lot of games. Uh, I'll start a lot and don't finish a lot of them. Um, but And there's no game that I go back to weekly, but there are some that... There is game comfort food. Um, I, I don't go too long with without playing a Castlevania game. That, that is true. I'll, I'll well, play wouldn't one you of say for us, we, we like playing retro games. I mean, if yeah. I didn't play an old game, you know, a couple times a week, then, like, it feels wrong. It was like, same that's here. what I want to do. I want to research and discover old games. Like, that's that would be my, my go-to. Mm. Yeah. That's, but it's uh, not like Candy Crush or Peggle or yeah. anything like that. I go, to, I go to mobile games. Um, first of all, the App Store refreshes every Thursday, and that's what I'm sure longtime GameScoop listeners know that that's how I started my career, was I started in mobile, and that's what I covered. And even though I don't cover it anymore as for work, that's internalized like I hit the app store every Thursday and see what the new hot games are and then there's a few I'm usually playing like a few free-to-play sort of grindy games and that's like my uh, guilty pleasure I guess so I rotate through and you play all the slot machines yeah. and <laughs> solitaire I don't do I'm not quite at slot <laughs> machine level but I play like I played like a lot of one piece treasure cruise and I played a lot of Final Fantasy record keeper and these games that are kind of grindy but oh, yeah. not necessarily yeah. in like an exploitive way. It's just like fun. You're always kind of making progress, and I like the music, and I can like the pixel art. Can you play on your commute? That makes a big difference. Um, well, I usually choose to play on iPads, and no, I can't play on my okay, commute, yeah. but there are phone versions of all those if you want to. Yeah. On commute, I, that's when I listen to smart podcasts. But I'll see you like at your desk, sometimes doing something else and tapping along with one of these. So well, it depends. Like, some of them have like an auto battle option, and yeah. some don't. So if there's an auto battle option, like over my lunch break or you know during downtime, I'll like burn down my stamina that's yeah. refilled just so I'm not wasting a bunch of stamina. That makes sense. I it depends on how, like, sometimes they get their claws into me deeper than others. <laughs> like, if it's really, if, I, if my claws are really, if it's really, really, like, got me on the hook, then, yeah, then I'm playing at my desk a little bit during the day. But. I get, um, I do go back to Sid Meier's Pirates a lot. I've probably played that game. <laughs> oh, you like Pirates? That's my favorite video game. Uh, oh. And I've, I've probably uh, played that, uh, oh, that, that was irony. Also, I've recently um, become a father. Um, <laughs> I, but, yeah, i probably played more than a thousand hours of Pirates in my life. <laughs> I mean that is a very replayable game. It too. is, yeah. That's the uh, kind of kind of what defines it. Yeah, I do end almost every day with a few rounds of Hearthstone. Oh, yeah, I noticed mm -hmm. that. Yeah, you can keep going back. Yeah. Well, How yeah, many years of it has it been? 2013 when that game launched. Yeah, I think it was 13. Yeah, that's a long. That's a long stint of one game. 14 years. Oh, wow. I do. I go back to like browser games. I play a lot of like tower defense games in the browser, stuff like Gemcraft and games like that. Um, and then I I'll go through phases of like playing like idle games or incremental games like uh, yeah. 
Clicker Heroes or some of those. There was years in which we all played Street Pass games in the office, the, the 3DS Street Pass games. Yeah, I kind of miss it. Like that. every day. And I, I miss that too, but I think Mitomo is going to attempt something, back, hopefully yeah. attempt something like that, not just be a chat program, which is what it looks like right now. I signed yeah. up today. Yeah. I also did you guys get your Mitomo accounts? Uh, no, I did not get my Mitomo accounts. You can account sign today. up today. You can pre, pre-register. All right. Probably do that. Reserve your name. I reserved Alf. Alf <laughs> for my Alf me, awesome. which I, I will you? role play as in Mitomo. Did I show you that window full of Alfs that I drove by? Mm-mm. Is oh. this re- yeah, after, after the show, yeah, it's a really good photo. But <laughs> okay, this sounds important. Uh, all right, our next email comes from Chris Paul, who says, "I'm reaching an age in my life, 33, where I have to sort of hide my love of video games from certain people in my life." Sure. Particularly my in-laws, they don't particularly understand how a person at my age plays video games as obsessively as I do. My question is why, given all the advancements and more mature storytelling and themes with modern games, do you think gaming is still looked upon as childish or inappropriate past a certain age? Well, by some people, sure, and by others, not. I mean, uh, yes, uh, but that's true for a segment of the population, and it varies person by person. Uh, you know, you, you look at the way that some people talk about games in mainstream media in sort of a snide way occasionally, like, yeah. that's nothing more than a video game. But at the same time, you have some of those people standing up and talking about video games as an art form. It, it, these perspectives coexist side by side. Uh, and I think that we're at least a lifetime away from that completely disappearing. But, I mean, there were people... A lifetime? Yeah. I mean, there yeah, were, The old's got to die out. Yeah, there, there were the people in-laws. that looked We're the old's. Movie going the to the old, motion so pictures be a problem is, is superfluous <laughs> and undesirable well into the 20th century. No, I mean, I, I uh, look, I think most people's perspective on this panel and probably at home uh, obviously would say, no, games are totally art, and look at The Witness and look at Journey, but I think the perspective of someone that thinks games is juvenile is completely valid in a lot of ways. Like, mm-hmm. I look at something like, I don't know, like Street Fighter and the way the women are dressed in that game. And uh, and uh, I look at stuff like God of War, where like if you watch like a supercut of what happens in God of War, it's like, like gouging someone's eyes out. Mm-hmm. Like video games are often gross and violent and not very sophisticated and adolescent power fantasies. And this comes from someone that, look, like I love video games. It's how I spend almost all my free time. But I think... I think someone's kind of fooling themselves if they deny that large portions of the AAA games industry are very juvenile. No, um, when I, I was sitting at, at home working on the Halo 5 guide, helping out with that, and the dialogue was playing, and I knew it was bad, but I would hear Angie from the other room just be like, did he really just say that? And then, you know, it'd go a little longer. Uh, Halo 5. And that's and not then, even, like, then, that's a very innocuous... And then like, 10 minutes later, she's like, Microsoft made this crap? <laughs> I mean, that, I'd hear that from the other room. Like... It, it, it just disbelief that that could be in a product that was that famous and that polished. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I like, think there's a lot of that stuff. You know, we're all very aware of uh, uh, The Last of Us and Journey and The Witness and uh, yeah. Firewatch and uh, Oxenfree, games yeah. like that. But I bet Chris's in-laws are not very aware of, of those yeah, the the advancements, the uh, and that's not the foot. Those games aren't the foot that the video game industry puts forward very no. often. Well, like, or yeah, it's not the uh, that's not the foot that the media shines a light on. All sure, the time. and I, I don't. Yeah, I, I just feel like there should be a super cut of the Call of Duty Ghosts cutscenes over yeah. this whole thing right now. That's a great and, example. Uh, and just, and from my perspective, I'm much more of like a systems guy than a story guy. Like I care more about a game's yeah, systems and its gameplay, and so I'm willing to like I don't necessarily care that you know the Call of Duty can be very cringeworthy sometimes, but that's what a lot of people take away from it when they're you know looking at a cutscene in the same way they would look at a movie um they don't it's you're never going to come across 
across to you know someone in the, someone that's not a gamer about the sophistication of a game systems. Mm -hmm. um, it's just it doesn't work that way. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I think there's something to be said for uh, the way you interact with games. It, we still use the word play, mm. and play is innately associated with children, and that goes for sports too. I mean, you, you know, there's certain sports like soccer, which in the United States, football here is associated with kids. Like, there's not a lot of adults that would go out and play play soccer here, but you play. Everybody plays it as a kid, mm. and uh, there's and just the general idea of playing is associated with being a kid, and I think that's a positive thing. I think you know, adults having leisurely time and time to play is always increasing in the first world, which I know is not really a term we're supposed to use anymore, but in the, uh, in, in, in the United States where people have the time to, to play, that's looked down upon by older generations a little bit because yeah. they didn't have time to play and they worked, they worked that whole time and yeah. were miserable. And the fact that we have you know, these leisurely times to play anything is different. And then, but people have always had time to read People have always had time to observe, mm -hmm. and those are like these kind of passive things that adults do while kids play, and that's just that's a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have any of you experienced, uh, maybe uh, for lack of a better term, this judgment that Chris is talking about uh, as you play video games as an adult? I've been very fortunate. My, my parents have been really supportive of my career and, and my family the same way, and they don't always understand exactly what I do, but they work really hard to hmm. and, and encourage me in it. Um, so honestly, I've been really lucky. I, occasionally I'll get kind of blank looks when people ask me what I do for a living, and I say play video games. Um, it does, yeah. Uh, that, that you get some, but no, I've never been subject to any particular cruelty on this. So I do feel like our experience is a little bit different since we're able to make a living doing this, a pretty good living, you know, being involved in the video game industry or playing games. Um, I feel like I would get a little bit more judgment if I played games as much as I do, but I didn't yeah. work in this business. I guess it'd be different if you're like, if you're, you're, you got your family and you're struggling to make ends meet <laughs> and you're spending all your time playing video games. That's so unfair though. Like, I completely agree that if you were like, you know, yeah, struggling to make ends meet, but dad's still playing video games all the time that you'd be looked down on, but you wouldn't be looked down on if you were, like, out kicking a soccer ball around. Mm -hmm, yeah. Like, That's really there's, a, there's a perception issue yeah. there, for sure. It's That's also a little weird when you're trying to break into the industry. You're like, yeah, this is my second job, playing video games, and I'm going to make it a job. I'm going to do it. And... That's a really, you know, that's a hard sell sometimes. I mean, for me, Jared, I know this hasn't been your experience, but for me, this is always, like, this is, this is it. Like, it's all I've ever done, wow. and I played games for, I wrote, I played games and wrote about games for fun in high school, then got a part-time job, then got a full-time job, and have been kind of off to the races, so I don't know, I don't know any other, any other life. <laughs> that is so cool. That is very cool. Yeah. So the answer is, when the old people die, no one will judge you for playing video games. Now it's time for Video Game 20 Questions. Ooh. This is where you, the viewers and listeners, email me a mystery game. I'm the only one up here who knows what it is. And uh, the rest of the panel has 20 yes or no questions to guess. Our suggestion this week comes from William from Ohio. William from Ohio. And we are, of course, giving away our Fallout 4 sub-pack prize packs that include a copy of Fallout 4 Pip-Boy Edition, the sub-pack S2 Bass Blaster, and some other goodies. So. Let's begin. Jared did a little dance last week for. Uh, well, because yeah, when he got it right, he pulled in with On the number 20th, twenty. Number twenty. He did the. He guessed. What was the game? Uh, that Sunset, was Sunset Riders. Riders. Yeah, uh, on, on guess number twenty. Great moment. One of the all-time, all-time <clears throat> twenty questions highlights. That made me feel happy. I did do a happy dance, and uh, a nice person, actually more than one person, sent us a little animated. Yeah. Of it. So I what you're saying silly. is it's not Sunset Riders. <laughs> 
Could be. You know, I'm a little. Whoa, I, I feel it could like, be a Sunset Riders again. <laughs> I feel like I'm off my game here, though. Like I, I feel cursed. Like it came so close well, last then, time. Then, then don't waste the questions. Uh, and do you go play as a human? Yes. Uh, it does this. Was this game released after January first, two thousand? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> <Sam's> <laughs> <hopes>. <laughs> it makes it so much harder. Uh, was it released after 2000? No, sorry. Is it part of this uh, current console generation? Yes. Okay. Oh. Uh, do you... Uh, but does... we didn't ask if it was on console. Well, right? you said current console generation, so that kind of... Look at that. Look at that. And he said yes, so yes. That's yes. Right. <laughs> uh, when you're playing the game, can you see your character on the screen? Yes. Okay. That's a good question. Uh, is this a platform exclusive? No. Okay. Um, it's five. Five questions. Five questions. We see a it's a person. Did we confirm human? Human. So we see the human on the screen that we're playing. It's part of the current console generation. That could be a lot of games. Should we ask if the character's parents loved them? Uh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Would you be? <laughs> Is that a specific <laughs> reference to something? No. Why does that tickle Jared? Uh, so? no, no. <laughs> this is funny. I was just thinking of the guy from Ghost again with his arms crossed, like the gun and the knife, like, Mommy didn't love me. Yeah, or, or, or Geralt or Batman. Yeah. That, that could lead you to the Binding of Isaac. That could lead to the yeah. Is Geralt human? I think this is a pretty good question. <laughs> so, in the Binding of Isaac, you play as a human, you can see your character on screen, it's the current console generation, and your parents did not love you. Okay, well, that would solve. Is it the Binding of Isaac? I can't ask. No, you're not allowed to ask. Not allowed to ask. Um, uh, you can see your character. Uh, yeah. Is this a uh, th is this a 3D game? Yes. I'm not convinced that are witchers human. Uh, witchers they start are, human and undergo a process yeah, to they're, become. They're mutants. Yeah, they're they're mutated humans. Mm, but, they, but are they, they born human. that way? They are born human and they manifest as witchers later. So like they're as human as the X Men and the X Men are homo. Yeah, they're born human. Do you? Do, for the record, if. The game were a Witcher game, and you asked me the question, "Do you play as a human?" I would say yes. Okay, that's just just for the record. Just good to know. It is almost certainly. Do you do you just spend a lot of time witching when you play this game? No. <laughs> you trolled me. It's up. It's up to you whether you choose okay. to spend that time witching or not. Yes. Uh, is this an? Would we qualify this as an open world game? Yes. All right. So there we go. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of them. Is this, this game uh, set in the future? Mm, I don't know. What, what that? If it is, it's the very near future. So I'd say no. Ah, oh, but that would make it contemporaneous. Yeah, it's Watchdogs. You hacking things? It could be. Yeah, Watchdogs or GTA or something. Yeah, something like no, that. No, but GTA was last gen. I mean, but I know also there was a gen. next. Yeah, but yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Do you are you do you spend a lot of time hacking things in this game? Yes. Yeah. Hacking. Let's ask if his parents loved him. To, to the main character's parents love him? Uh, that's unclear. That's unclear. Okay, yeah. so well, that, that's that's not a yes or no there. So but you should... We won! I mean, you're counting, you're counting that one? It's Wait, a stalemate. You couldn't answer it? Is it Watch Dogs? Yes. Yeah, there we go. Yay! Yeah, they're 12-ish. 11-ish. We could have yeah. spent some more time developing uh, Damon's knowledge level of this game. Uh, of Aiden, that's true. That's what Aiden. we got to do. We got to turn 20 questions on Damon and really? make it hard for him to answer the questions. Aiden Pierce, sure. right? That, yeah. That's Aiden the name? Pierce, yeah. Aiden Pierce. Watch Dogs yeah. released in 2014 for every platform available at the time. Uh, we could have gotten tripped up if we would have said after 2010, because then it would have been so many open world games. And so I'm glad that we've narrowed it down to starting to talk about console generations. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's a good one.
There's single and multiplayer in that game, so it's, uh, like, Let's just do another one, it, we have time, right? Could have made it tricky. Thank you, Justin, thank you, Jared, thank you, Sam. My name is Damon, this is IGN GameScoop, and we're out. Beyond the darkness, beyond the human evolution. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.